Well, a very good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Entering Stage Right. I'm D. Paul Thomas, actor and playwright, podcasting from the heartland of America right here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and joining me all the way from the left coast, but always entering stage right is my wonderful co-host, the actor and director of some of the biggest hits in TV history, Philip Charles Mackenzie, and a, a very good day to you, Sir Philip. How is everything going out in crazy Los Angeles? It'd be crazy, as they say. Uh, <laughs> you know, we had, uh, um, I, I, we've, I've mentioned before to our listeners, uh, our coyote issues here. Well, uh, Gus, Gus and I were walking the other morning, and, uh, and uh, we saw couple of coyotes and mm -hmm. uh you know you know and, and gus is so old he can he doesn't see very well and can't hear too well so i'm keeping an, an eye on them and i know we had to cross <laughs> the street for him to do some business well i saw how the coyotes operate when there's two of them when they are on the prowl uh, looking for prey mm -hmm. they split one split and from the other and went around behind us to like box us in. Ooh. This was fascinating. You know, this the dawn is just breaking. So I knew I could, you know, get rid of them. And, you know, I stomped my foot and raised my arms to look big and made a noise. <laughs> you know, and but and I, we moved down the street a little more and it came around the you could just see how they do their business, you know, in terms yeah. of going after their prey. And uh, so it was quite fascinating actually being involved with them, you know, <laughs> at a distance. And, yeah. and the cat and the capper is walking down the street with Gus, and we'd sort of left them behind. Uh, the coyotes <laughs> and this young, this young young woman in her twenties something yeah. on her phone walking her dog, you know. And I said, I said, you might want to and he headed toward them. I said, y you know, you might want to be careful. There's a couple of coyotes up there. She went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> she she turned around and went the other way. So yeah, that was uh, yeah. well, that, that was the. That was the interesting, uh, yeah. our, our little coyote thing. So well, that would uh, be my modus operandi. I would, I would turn around and walk away. I'll tell you, I, uh, I found them when we were out on the hills there, the Hollywood Hills. You know, pretty, uh, I don't know, creepy creatures. I, I did not well, like and, them and, at all. And, and, and I guess what happens, they get, you know, when they're around uh, people, they, they, they get pretty bold, you know. So yeah, you, have to, you have to really be, uh, you have to uh, be firm with them, I guess, you know, like like with any stomp, child. Stomp like with any foot. child. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, what well, else you know, is I happening I, 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 I want to, uh, you know, we, we, we spoke a while back about uh, two school districts, the one in Temecula. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, the, and the one in Chino Valley uh, Unified yeah. School District, who, who their boards, they had re uh, new elections and the boards became more conservative and they decided um, to, um, uh, you know, uh, enact uh, more conservative uh, uh, rules for their, their own school district. And one of the ones in Chino, uh, Chino Valley Unified, was to... Um, was to make sure to, is to pass things that any talk about uh, any talk about this gender confusion and stuff uh, is that parents have a right to know if their kids are being uh, in school if they're being uh, if they're being talked to or groomed as the word we use so 
and and so they were really standing up against uh, Governor our 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 creepy Governor uh, Newsom, and uh, <laughs> you know he's become he's he's pretty creepy himself. Our Attorney General, his name is Rob Bonta. And what they have decided to do to really, to really intimidate this particular school district, Chino right. Valley, is they sent a letter uh, saying they were going to, they were going to uh, begin a civil rights investigation if the school district doesn't walk back its recent policy to tell parents if their child is having, you know, ideations of, uh, you know, of this, this gender stuff that's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and one of the interesting things is that the the, the threat. They are think about what they're basing this on. If a child, if a child in elementary school or high school, if they have some of these these gender dysphoric ideas, what this what the state is insisting on is that they accept a child's self-diagnosis. Correct. As the final word. Yes. And, which is which is bizarre. Uh, you know, kids are kids, and you know, you know. Well, I don't have to go and explain that. But but one of the things this this Bonta is uh, Rob Bonta is is, yeah. is, is it, it's really cowardly because he said he said that the opening this uh, civil rights investigation. Listen to this into potential legal violations by the school district. And so the AG, the attorney general goes on to say the policy of informing parents if their children want different pronouns, use of opposite sex bathrooms, blah, 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 uh, that, 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 uh, this is what it says. The next in in the uh, in the, uh, uh, the, the the release they put out. Even mm -hmm. if such disclosure is against the student's wishes, disclosure to the parents, or could expose a student or parental to, sorry, uh, expose a student to parental abuse, or increase mm -hmm. their their risk of self harm or suicide. And we know suicide is nonsense. But here's think about this. The the students' wishes, and if it goes against, if they think there might be self-harm or goes against the parents, that means if a parent decides, wait a second, something's going on with John or Mary, and we better take he or she to a psychiatrist or to get psychological help, that would be, that would be enough to... Uh, to 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 take the kid away, yeah. meaning oh, yeah. that to, this to, yeah. meaning that the state has more control than a parent, even if the parent doesn't like the 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 the, the dysphoria and tries to do something healthy about it. That is what's being threatened. Yeah, yeah. This is this is pretty amazing. So this, and you know what always gets me? The state knows better. The state knows better. Let's. What are they going to do? What is this? Who represents the state in ter in terms of a child? You know, the child's it's child and parent. It's basically what yeah. it is. And this is well, and, and this, this just takes it. Uh, you know, the, the it's the threat, the 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 cudgel that they're coming down yeah. on a legally uh, elected school board. Yeah. Well, we're going to, in a way, this, this will lead us very quickly into our, our main topic, which on some level is theoretical in nature and yet at the same time has enormous practical application now. Because what, you'll, what you're seeing there, you see, are the managerial elites 
saying, this is how we want things done. The government coming in, you know, the bureaucracy coming in, the state having the final word. Again, the family, which really represents every man, the common man. Yes, the proletariat. They and want this, to say, they want to say here's what's best for you. Yeah. That's right. And as we've said before, the family is a bulwark against all of this. And that's one of the reasons they want to destroy the family and take away parent parental rights. Yeah. So anyway, going yeah. going yeah. going to what you said, there was a very good article uh, again in the, the tablet. Oh, uh, oh yeah, but I got uh, I got I gotta interrupt you first. Oh you go, go ahead, please. I'm no, sorry. No, please. I, I just have to. I have to because there was other big news out there in California. And I just want to make sure you're aware of the flash mob that took place in Glendale this past week. But I want to relieve your anxiety, Philip, and tell you that it wasn't a flash mob that ransacked uh, a quarter of a million dollars worth of property there in Glendale. It was just a flash large gathering, according to Mayor Brandon Johnson of Chicago. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I, 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 I just love the fact that this is what's going on all over the place and to sort of give a, a slightly larger prologue to what you're going to be addressing here. It seems to me to all be part and parcel of what's almost a permanent revolution taking place within the country, the elite's war against tradition their war against the working class. So please, Philip, you're on. Tell, tell, tell us more about this. Yeah, good, good lead in. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, uh, in, in, in the uh, tablet, uh, Michael Lind, L-I-N-D, wrote a very good uh, article this week, that, which is very thoughtful. Yes. And, and, and it, it's titled The Culture of Transgression. Mm -hmm. And what, 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 what the, what, what the uh, core of, of it is, is just what you said is, is you know, everywhere we're seeing around us uh, a, a, you know, an attack on uh, uh, traditions, to dismantle traditions, you know, t taking down, you know, some, some, you know, Civil War guy on a horse, a statue, take that down, taking this down. Um, you know, uh, uh, celebrating celebrating uh, 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 flags. Let's say the LGB flag and uh, and slogans celebrating racialist sexual identity. This is all good, but uh, if you if you uh, uh, if if you want to have an American flag and display patriotism, uh, or 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 uh, express religious views, that. Everything is under attack now. Everything is under sure. attack. And this article is interesting. They, it, what they talk about is iconoclasm is nothing new. Iconoclasm has been around forever. Essentially what that means is, is, is if, if, if there's a revolution or a new... Oh, Martin Luther was part of it. If, 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 something, if something is old and, you know, going back to like the Taliban would, and when they ripped these big statues down what it always has been iconoclasm has has always been that you take something away you you for better or worse and you replace it with something the the the, the easiest one was in right. in communist russia the statues of czars came flying down 
and statues of Lenin and Stalin went the, up. So there the, was old, a, the old icons go and the new icons come up. Th- that's right. So it, it was replaced. But there's something that Linda's talking about, what's going, what's, what's going on now. Um, and it, it, it's an interesting word that you, you knew about. You knew this word. I didn't know about it. Uh, that that, that the, um, in Western elite culture, we're talking Euro, Western Europe and the United States, right, right. the culture of transgression is an example of antinomianism. Now, you can talk about that, too, because you knew the word, not iconoclasm. And what, what, this, what this really is, uh, antinomianism is not a temporary campaign of destruction of older iconography and traditions to clear the way for the imposition of new ones. It, it is derived from the Greek, and antinomianism refers to the view that all laws and norms are oppressive always and everywhere, and that the act of transgression in itself is virtuous, if not holy. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You, did, yeah. Well, yeah. no, in antinomianism, uh, at least in relationship to the church, uh, essentially, or an antinomianist uh, was a, a person holding the view that uh, an antinomian, by the way, is is the proper noun. Uh, a person holding the view that Christians are uh, released by grace from the obligation of observing the moral law. Now, Christ said, I've come not to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. Uh, but the antinomian uh, uh, and antinomianism itself and its history throughout the church uh, are basically those who uh, take advantage of what we would call the grace of God, the grace of Christ, and want to say, I am now free of the moral law because I can do anything I want to. And indeed, Martin Luther, uh, the great one of the great catalysts there for the Reformation, and even his Catholic opponents agreed that Christian antinomians were heretics. Uh, and their goal, of course, was uh, 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 sometimes flourished at different uh, points in the church, and it's it's been considered heresy. But we have new heresies now in this culture of transgression, and they're classified as what, Philip? I love the three saints of transgression. Can you give them to us? I've got oh. them here. He, here? No, you mean uh, racism? The, yeah, the, the, three, yeah, yeah, the three saints of transgression yeah, you, you go ahead. are yeah. the illegal immigrant, the transsexual, and the woman who proudly celebrates abortion. Yeah. These are the new saints of transgression. <laughs> That's right. And, 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 and you want to talk about something that is absolutely the antithesis of tradition yeah. and, and religion. You know, this, 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 this goes even, even beyond with this, the, the article actually uh, uh, talks about, you know, and, and, and I'm translating it into classically, uh, you know, uh, especially like the communist revolution. It was against the bourgeois. The, and, and France, too, where the yeah, word comes yeah. from, is against the bourgeoisie. The bourgeoisie has a, traditionally were your elites, your people of money, your people who were educated, and, and those were the people that were rebelled against. Well, what's happening now with these, the three, the three, the whole, the holy trinity of, of, yeah. of transgression, as yeah. you just described it, yeah. it is, it is, it, 
it is being aimed at not the uh, bourgeoisie, but the proletariat, meaning Joe and Mary Smith in Kansas, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the everyday people making them the enemy and them and, and not only the enemy, but, but, but destroying everything they uh, believe in, hold dear, live their lives by. Um, and, and, and so, so it, is, it, it, is, it is really against the everyday person in order to... See, what, what, what's interesting, it, they want to become the new, the new ruling class to control the masses. And you know what that is? That's Marxism. That's perfect Marxism. You know, uh, I remember our friend, uh, uh, our late friend Ron Silver was t telling me, he was, he was a Chinese scholar, as you well know. Right. Um, not only spoke Chinese, but he was very, quite up on, on China. I remember him telling me during the, that during the Cultural Revolution in 1966 of, of Mao, that the thing that made it specific and different and which in which i seen hints of here is what you said a perpetual revolution is what mao wanted with the with the uh, uh, cultural revolution that he thought to keep uh, institutions from uh, you know, uh, uh, not only growing, but becoming a set in stone, you know, uh, that the goal was constant and eternal upheaval, constant upheaval that, 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 that would keep. And, and while you were doing that, the people who were at the top, meaning the communist party would ultimately have control over this chaos. And this 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 article uh, um, r reminds me of this is to oh, uh, oh, yes. is, 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 yeah. is to is to always have um, a, a continual uh, upheaval and revolution. F Philip, I love the examples that he gives that this post bourgeois managerial overclass now <laughs> yeah. delights in uh, shocking the working class. It talks about the fact that now, of course, anybody who lives in the suburbs or the exurbs, uh, you know, is is uh, condemned automatically. And uh, this is denounced, you know, as a suburban sprawl. And then you've got uh, so many of the working class who actually work with natural gas. Oh, we can't have that. So the elite seeks to ban uh, the uh, gas stoves. Uh, and boy, oh, right in your backyard, 1924, those old gasoline-powered lawnmowers and leaf blowers are going to be gone, Philip. Good luck with those electric things doing yeah. sprawling grass. I can't, I can't wait to see this one, how, how that all comes. And the, the, list, the whole meat thing, the whole farmer thing that took place in the Netherlands, you know, meat now. Uh, because the masses eat meat. Well, therefore, it's got to be redefined, as uh, Lynn points out. What is he? How does he say it? Oh, by, redefined by the oligarchy as unhealthy and harmful to the planet. Therefore, now we're going to get rid of meat. You want to talk about what, control? What, 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 yeah, and it's it, it's fascinating because this it, it's a self appointed. It's a self-appointed elite, and the World Economic Forum is, you know, is the prime example of that. That they sit around and just decide meat's bad. So you, Joe Joe Schmo, can't have meat. A gas stove is bad. By the way, they're finding out that that all the 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 the, the supposed fears of gas stoves are 
are absolutely not only overblown, they're non-existent. But that's yes, another yes, thing. Yes. But but anything that you and I might like, wait till they start. Wait wait till they start banning. You know the uh, the, uh, the 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 twenty foot uh, uh, runabout boat that people you know put on the uh, on a trailer and tow to the lake. That'll come soon too. Anything that the that the that the uh, the uh, our betters determine through yes. nothing. They claim it comes from studies, uh, but studies you know anybody can do a study. It 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 comes down to destruction for its own sake. And you know what that reminds me of? It, you know what? You know an angry kid, a kid who is not getting what they want. They don't get what they want, so they will just go into their room and destroy everything just because they can, or just because they not can, because they feel like it. This reminds me of that. Mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. a a a sort of a a spoiled a spoiled oh oh yeah in your face kind of thing. And again, as I always talk about, or I always ask, to what end? What is the end here? And if the end is just, well, it's not just total destruction. It ends. It ends up as total control, is what it is. Um, yeah, you know, that, as, that, as, as, yeah. That, that that's really it. That's really yeah. it. It it it's it's a fascinating article that uh, we can recommend to our listening audience. The culture of transgression, our Anton. Antinomian elites war against tradition has become a war against the working class by Michael Lind, and you can find which it by, in, indeed which, in by tabletmag.com. The way, Tablet Magazine is fantastic. By the way, which goes back to what you were talking about in my California thing, is the state wants to control your children. Abs- absolutely. It is state control. The family, you family, are in the way. Yeah. No, it's it's really all a part of the same thing. Let's get rid of the nuclear family by promoting and encouraging multiple genders upon our five-year-olds. Let's attack those proletariat parents who actually insist on going to school boards and thinking they might have a voice in their children's education. What a shocking thought, isn't it, Philip? Yes, it's un- it, 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 it's unacceptable. <laughs> you know, I I, I have an, I have another thought about the the uh, I was I was thinking the other day and jotted a few notes. You know, the yeah. uh, our our betters, our elites who want to destroy not only the bourgeois, well they are bourgeois themselves anyway, <laughs> they just won't yeah. admit it, uh, but to, to destroy the proletariat, you know, and, and essentially have Marxism where they're in charge and everybody else has to get rid of their gas and toe the line. Well, guess what? The biggest capitalists in the world are these people. Klaus Schwab, all these people in the World Economic Forum, you know, railing against and they want to control the world, how we think, what kind of currency we use, have, a, have an uber world government that goes beyond everything. But guess, they're not giving up the jet plane. They're not giving up their home. They love uh, uh, capitalism, but uh, for them, but not, not you. you. You're not worthy of it because you're not... Uh, you're not uh, you're not on yeah. our level. You're not yeah. as sophisticated as we are. Yeah. Yeah, I I uh, was appreciative of uh, uh, one of one of uh, Lynn's comments, and it was, uh, um, oh yeah, most of what is called progressivism 
today is really transgressivism. And, right. uh, it, it, and again, if we can just uh, do this culture of, of transgression, this uh, culture of uh, the dominant uh, overclass, uh, the managerial overclass, we're seeing it in our bureaucracies, we're seeing it uh, in the DOJ. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw you a quick curveball. Just tell our audience in 30 seconds or less, Philip, what might be wrong with David Weiss being uh, 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 made <laughs> special counsel on on the Hunter Biden case? What's wrong with What's wrong with that, Philip? <laughs> well, 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 the main the main thing that's wrong with it. The main thing that is is wrong with it, and the same with Jack Smith, the the, the other guy, yeah. the other special counsel. Yeah, you know when it, when uh, it, it goes. First of all, they are just. They, they, uh, uh, Garland and Biden, they're, they're, they're just lying. All they're doing is giving, giving their corruption a new name by calling it a special counsel, a real special counsel or a special prosecutor, special counsel. What they, what they had uh, during uh, Clinton's thing. Yeah. It, 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 the law is that a special counsel has to be come from outside I the government. I always thought so. I always thought so. Well, that's so. exactly what it is. A they third eye, an independent from, voice. That's right. From out, not even a, not even the government in, in Idaho, outside the government, period. Yes. Yeah. You bring that person in to run this because they are coming in ostensibly with no ax to grind. Yeah. And the idea in this instance, I mean, Jack Smith's bad enough, but this, this, this guy Weiss, the idea that the guy who was supposedly uh, uh, um, uh, prosecuting um, uh, 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 Hunter Biden. The sweetheart deal. The sweetheart deal. He, remember we talked about that the prosecution and the defense were both on the same side. So there was no, you know, (laughs) and and so the guy who was going to let him off yeah. Now is going to be in charge of the investigation. And this, as Merrick Garland said, it's just now he's a special prosecutor. Jack Smith is now a special prosecutor. So the left-wing media goes, well, this is, this is really a big deal, where all it is is a change of the words. It's, 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 it's still a... It, it's, it, it it's still a it, it's still a uh, you know a, 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 a what, what do you I, I'm I'm blanking the word you know a, um, a, not a hung it, it's a, a oh please um, you know it's oh, a oh, foregone oh. a foregone conclusion a, you know? a, absolutely and the truth of the matter is if you were writing it and putting it in a farce the audience would say nobody's going to do that it's unbelievable it's such yeah. a charade. It's and he does it, and right, and he did it with a straight face, and never took a question, <laughs> and never took a question. He said it and walked off. Yeah. Stunning. In fact, in fact, I can't remember it. I was just looking at it this morning. Yeah. As he was walking out the door, somebody asked a question, which he obviously ignored and just, yeah. you know, kept kept going uh, for coffee. But it was it was a very salient point. The question, basically, essentially saying, "So what's what's going to happen now with this?" Uh, <laughs> with what's been going on with the judge in Delaware, who was our he- uh, hero yeah, heroine yeah. the other the other week, um, the, it, it's amazing. Just to call it what it is 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 just a lie. And uh, you know, so you can have someone from the DOJ just be a prosecutor, but you call them a special prosecutor. Yeah, no, no. It, and it, we were all supposed to go, oh, I see. Well, that must be something. 
And to, and to me, this is all a part of this sort of managerial overclass, the managerial elite within the bureaucracy that actually thinks they can get away with this. By the way, I like how Michael Lind, uh, in his essay, ends up on what I consider to be a, a positive note in which he says that, uh, and I'm quoting him, today's wave of transgressive antinomianism will prove to be as unsustainable as those of previous eras, when the current rebellion by the managerial elite against the proletariat is exhausted, as the rebellion against the bourgeois was exhausted generations ago, there will be nothing left to rebel against except rebellion itself. And then he ends up the essay by saying uh, most people in Western countries might welcome a revolution against revolution with relief. That's right. It, 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 it's like a circular, fi a circular firing squad. If, 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 if you know, if it's yeah. a perpetual revolution, what are you, what are you rebelling against? Yeah, yeah. Be yeah. Because, you know, we've talked about this before in the past, you know, the whole, uh, not only the, the, the managerial and our betters and, and the, you know, the, it, that's all, it's all tied in with the victimhood. Everybody's a victim. Yeah. And then we've talked about this before, that if everybody's a victim, somebody's got to be a bigger victim. You know, and then it's going. To, the, the, you know, they're going to start eating their own. That that is going to happen. You know. Yeah. Who's and, and, the bigger victim here? Well, but it's all and, part. And, it's all part and parcel of the same thing, I believe. It is, and this is just leading me right into my P.S. And this is sort of my hobby horse for the day. You're going to have to uh, 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 give me a grace, as you always do, Philip, on this one, because it's uh, it's it's got me going, and it got me going uh, last night in a conversation with my wife and this morning and so forth because another example in some fashion of that managerial overclass that Lynn references is the new facilitator the new uh, teacher on anti-racism anti-oppression and such is the consultant Kiki Ojo Thompson. I'm going to do a brief prologue, let you respond to it, and then I have a, an exclamation to put onto it. But here's what happened in a nutshell. April 2021, Kiki Ojo Thompson, a diversity trainer in Toronto, led a DEI training seminary on Zoom in which she postulates that Canada was more racist than the United States calling Canada a bastion of white supremacy and colonialism. Richard Bilkso, 60, a gay man, former liberal organizer, and a respected teacher in the community, had again the temerity to challenge her, suggesting that, having taught in Buffalo, New York, at a black school that maybe Canada was more equitable than the United States. By the way, Mr. Biltzko, Richard, came out of retirement to work as principal of a, of a school that was going through tremendous challenges there in Toronto, the Burnham Thorpe Collegiate Institute. Respected educator, but boy, once he suggested that maybe Canada wasn't uh, more racist uh, 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 than America, Oh, Ms. Ojo Thompson came back. We are here to talk about anti-black racism, but you and your whiteness think that you can tell me what's going on for black people. Well, accordingly, 
Other members of the facilitating team jumped in. If you want to be an apologist for the U.S. or Canada, this really isn't the form for you. And, of course, Ojo Thompson later on added, your job in this work as white people is to believe, to believe. And that this episode that took place was a profound and appropriate teachable moment. In a subsequent session, she singled out Biltsko as proof of resistance, quoting at one point, one of the ways that white supremacy has upheld, protected, reproduced, upkept, defended is through resistance. And she laughed sardonically at the 200 or so members there of the uh, 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 Toronto uh, School District. And she said, I'm so lucky that we got perfect evidence, a wonderful example of resistance that you all got to bear witness to. So we're going to talk about it because, I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. By the way, here's the upshot. The incident led to Richard, this respected teacher, who was literally isolated and embarrassed and shamed and disgraced in front of 200 of his college to, uh, colleagues to go on a sick leave. The stress, along with other things I'm sure in his life, attributed though, no doubt, July 13th of this year, he took his own life. Kiki Ojo Thompson, the diversity trainer, issued a defiant statement a week after his death, saying, This incident is being weaponized to discredit and suppress the work of everyone committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion. We will not be deterred from our work in building a better society for everyone. Now, Philip, I'm not done, but make a comment before I give you my exclamation point. Well, uh, you know, I, I saw something this morning, and I've been trying to find it while you were talking. Uh, her own school board, the Toronto school board, is is is, uh, is suing her. Well, well That's the latest is bringing a, is bringing a lawsuit against her yeah. for, as you said, it's not not just being you know some head of DEI, but 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 to actually. Uh, basically call names and accuse people uh, in in this instance this 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 gentleman and and that the her own school district i i think it's one of these things where it's just it, it was just too much for anybody to uh, to let go by so she she is being sued and i don't think she's going to be around long uh, well, so uh, if uh, there's any if there's any if there's any positive to come out of this it it it, it might be that well, it, it, yeah, and, and, and I haven't heard the latest on that. At one point, the school board dismissed it. She, they basically let her off the hook. It was an independent group there in Toronto, uh, safety insurance group and so forth, that said she was guilty of essentially bullying and harassment. But she remains defiant. Go to her website if you really want to find out. And, and Philip, here's my exclamation point, and give me a minute or two on this because I know it's a personal note, but I'm taking the liberty to do it. What really profoundly upsets me is here again under the guise of equity, diversity, and inclusion, 
anti-racism, anti-oppression, anti-black racism, organizational cultural change. Those are the bullet points on her website. They are preaching. And yes, at the Kojo Institute, I'm talking about Kiki Ojo Thompson. It's pretty much a a one-woman show. She got $30,000 for literally, I think, four hours of a Zoom call on this thing. They're preaching an insidious social gospel of guilt, judgment, shame, and condemnation. And that condemnation is scathing in its judgment. It's without mercy. It ruined a good man's reputation. And here's what, okay, I'm just going to say it pisses me off. Her work includes parachurch groups like World Vision, whose founder, by the way, was an acquaintance of mine. He'd be turning over in his grave because this is what her premise is. And I'm literally paraphrasing exactly what she said. Kojo Institute teaches that if a white man parachuted from the sky into the heart of the Congo, despite the numbers by virtue of his whiteness, and now I'm paraphrasing, but this is what she's saying, by virtue of his entitlements, by virtue of his association with colonialism, by virtue of the sins of the father, he would by default be a white supremacist. Now, listen, Philip, I was that white man, 20 years old, and I found myself dropped in the heart of the Congo, literally, on a little kind of work and witness Christian team. And when the black soldiers came on our plane with machine guns, apparently searching for contraband, I certainly didn't feel like a white supremacist. And when I was dining with a chieftain, yes, they still use the word in Swaziland and his entire tribe, by the way, who were primarily Christian by virtue of early missionary work there, it was like an old-fashioned love feast with neither the black Swazis nor the white boy from Indiana along with four or five of his colleagues feeling superior one to the other. And when I spent time in Lamborghini Gabon, among hundreds of diseased locals living indigenously in their new thatched homes there on the hospital grounds with their families present while being treated and restored to health from terrible diseases, the likes, elephantitis, etc., I had never seen before, I did not sense that one of them viewed Dr. Albert Schweitzer as a white supremacist. And I remember when I had an orange soda in an impoverished village, 20 years old, Philip, in Botswana. And I found out that the orange sodas he provided for me and our five colleagues represented a month's salary from this gracious tribesman who wanted to relieve our thirst. And we embraced one another as we met him and then went on our way, and there was no sense of supremacy on either part. But what there was was a sense of our common humanity, one African helping another man who was a thirst. Now this is the gospel in truth, not this gospel of shame and condemnation and divisiveness and grace that's being taught by the likes of consultant and facilitator Kiki Ocho Thompson and the other managerial elitist of our age, going all the way back to the top of our show, including your 
governor who would like to control basically the parents at the school boards. I'm done. Well, you know, it's it it, it it's funny how uh, you know I was thinking this 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 woman, uh, and uh, I was thinking that the stupidest woman in in, in this country, uh, Sunny Hostin on The View. Um, it's really easy for someone, let's say in this instance, a black person, a black American, who ha is highly educated, has a lot of money. Would you say if she charged whatever she was charging and Sonny Hostin lives in this 50, mansion? $15,000 an hour. $15,000 a pop. So it's really... It's really a luxury for yeah. these people to sit there and tell you how racist you are while they are sitting and, and taking every advantage of what America's about. Whereas you go, as you said, in Africa, when, when you, you, were, you were with, you, you interacted with people, it was people interacting with each other. Now, yes. Of course. Okay. Oh, of course. Has there been racism in the world? Is there some? Ra yes, 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 yes. No, but that, that just, that, you know, let, let's just throw that aside. But it's really a luxury for, for this woman and, yeah. and Sonny Host and all these people to sit there and pontificate about how, how racist this country is. And, you, and that they know, this is, goes back to one of our first podcasts, that they know what's in your soul. You can say, you can say, you can say, I'm not racist, but you don't know. You don't know yet. You really are. You know, I'm done with that. I'm so done with that of anybody, uh, as, and, and especially in this woman to have, uh, to have created a situation, uh, to, to, uh, to humiliate another human being who, who, uh, was, uh, you know, you know, we talk about do-gooders and doing good. This man, uh, apparently wanted to do good like you said come out of retirement teach do do something do something and that would, but that's not good enough that's not good enough for the people who sit in high judgment of anybody else so save and, me from this woman well god bless you the, uh, the, i mean that's exactly what the deal is and there is no room for true dialogue there is no room for a question there is no room and of course if you say i'm not a racist by virtue of the statement you are a racist and well i'm, I'm you know i'm I, i'd like to be done with it but i i, I have to tell you i'm i'm, I'm afraid <laughs> It is uh, going to be an ongoing uh, one of our light motifs on entering stage right. By the way, your PS to me is right out of the same cloth because here is someone who again is being isolated and canceled uh, by virtue of their position not being the position of the elite within her organization. Tell us quickly about it if you can. Are we talking about the opera singer? Yes. 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 No, she's not my PS. She's my she's my oh, hero. Okay. She's my hero. Same thing. PS. Let, let's let's forego that. The, the, this this is something great. The, a Russian soprano. Uh, her name is Anna Netrebko. Yes. Uh, sings has sung for the New York Metropolitan Opera. Yeah. And uh, she's Russian. She is suing the Met and its general manager Peter Gelb for right. defamation, breach of contract, and other violations linked to her termination. Listen to what she did. He said sarcastically. <laughs> her termination. Her. She was terminated by Gelb 
following the invasion in 2022, yep. the invasion of, uh, of uh, the Ukraine by, uh, by Russia, and, uh, you know, Vladimir Putin obviously being the head of Russia. Well, when that happened, Gelb, Peter Gelb, demanded, and she works, she just sings there, demanded yes. she repudiate Vladimir Putin. She demanded, condition, hmm. he, he conditioned her performances on adhering to a political viewpoint that is, is an outrageous denial of free speech and artistic freedom. This goes, this goes back to the 50s with the, with the communists, have you now or have you ever been, demanding that they renounce their political belief if they want to write, act, or in this instance, mm -hmm. sing. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he, he said, you better... You better uh, uh, condemn Putin, and she she said uh, he says because you're you're in league with him. She says, well, I've met him, you know, based you know, and 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 and, 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 and but literally just for having a, a, a political belief and not towing the line that Peter Gelb wanted. Now, what she did do, yes. she, uh, she 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 uh, she uh, uh, appealed to the American Guild of Musical Artists oh. and filed a grievance. And the arbitrator found that the Met violated the union's collective bargaining agreement when it canceled her contracts uh, to appear in you know certain certain operas, and she was awarded over two hundred thousand dollars. But Peter uh, Peter Gelb was is still the general manager of the Met, and she'll never now, sing at the Met again. I'll bet. Right. I'll, Pardon I'll me. Be I'll bet you she won't ever sing at the Met again as long as Gelb is in. Control. No, no, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. and she is continuing to sue on another level. But I found this other—that's th the real point of view, I, I believe. I, I stumbled upon this article in the Violin Channel. It's a website. <laughs> Never heard of it. The Violin Channel, <laughs> and listen to the way they write this article. Yeah. Now, aside the way the way it's been described and the way I believe it's it, it's true is this woman was not allowed to have a political opinion and she and she had to toe the political line yeah. or be fired which is so anti-american and is exactly what the left in this country was up in arms about during the McCarthy uh, era this and now are doing this, it themselves exactly that's right this is what this uh what is it? The Violin Channel said <laughs> listen to this this is great despite publicly opposing the Russia-Ukraine war, Netrebko was barred from performing at the Met in March 22. Listen to this. Mm -hmm. As she could not give a clear withdrawal of support for Russian President Vladimir Putin, whom she had endorsed in the years before the invasion. Listen to As she could not give a clear withdrawal mm. of support, mm. meaning... She, and the mm. way this is put is that she is the evil one for not doing what she had to do. Mm. You, you, mm. you see this difference in the sense of that? Mm. It, it's making her the bad guy. It's making her the bad guy. And according to, the Met, according to Peter Gelb, the company would no longer engage with artists or institutions that support Putin or are supported by him, not until the invasion or killing has stopped, order has been restored, so blah, blah, blah. This is not, this is not World War II where there was a declared war and, and you, know, I, 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 you know, someone could have supported Hitler. I mean, in, in this country, you were allowed to do that. You might not have any friends, but, but 
but at the same time, at the at at the same time, this is we're not more. We're not at war with Putin. Philip sending a lot of money, but that's not even the point. The point right. being, this woman was not allowed to speak her mind, and and was and is being punished and 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 not allowed to perform uh, what do what she does uh, and uh, what she contributes yeah, to the yeah. uh, to the world. Philip, so she's my hero for suing. Well, and, she's, and, she, and it's a second lawsuit going on as and, well. And 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 it's a perfect heroine, and it's all out of the same cloth. It's all out of the same cloth. You right. you disagree at the uh, school board meeting? What's being taught to your five year old? You're going to be ostracized by the California uh, government. They're going to come right. in and try to control. Yeah. Sorry, you're at a uh, supposedly a DEI uh, uh, meeting, and you challenge the fact that Canada is more racist than America. Sorry. You're not there to discuss. You're there to listen. You're there to believe. You're there to learn. Same thing here. Of course, there is a multiplicity of feelings regarding the Ukraine situation, particularly prior to what this latest invasion was. There are millions of Russians living within the Ukraine who actually, you know, are opposed uh, 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 to Ukraine's position. The list goes on and on and on. But the point of it is she should never never have had to experience this. By the way, when you send me the link, I uh, listen to some of her singing. She's glorious. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I, I apologize. I failed to mention that, as did I. I'd never heard of her, but she's like, oh, my goodness, this woman. You know, we, we, you and I talked privately about this the other day, and I, I, we might have talked about it on the air, just to put a button on this. The with the with the DEI lady Oxy Oxy Cotton or whatever her name is in Canada <laughs> and 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 this creep Peter Gelb and um, and 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 Newsom and Rob Bunta this is you know you know they talk about canceling well the cancel culture no they're not trying to cancel as the woman in Canada did they are out to if you disagree they will destroy you. It's out to destroy you, meaning in this instance with this opera singer, you will never sing at the Met again. Boom. With, uh, with school board people, with, uh, with, with, with this poor man who ended up killing himself, and, you know, it's, it's to destroy you. This, it, it's not a disagreement. It's not a political disagreement. It is not canceling. It is we are going to be done with you. We are going to do away with you. That's that's the that's the uh, that's the new uh, uh, you know that 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 that's the the that those are the people who want to run us who who want to run things now and yeah, control us the managerial elitist of our age and yeah. maybe and maybe this is what Hillary meant when she basically addressed fifty percent of the American population yeah. the proletariat as the deplorable yeah. 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 All right, Philip. I thank you for putting that button on it and for uh, bringing us the hero and uh, heroine of our podcast. But that's it, folks. It is time to wrap it up and say goodbye to all of our listeners. And uh, in way of reminder, we live in a great country. Thank God it is a free country. And we intend on keeping that way. We've got so much to be thankful for. I'm thankful for you, Philip, and for you, dear listener. So till we meet again next week, this is D. Paul Thomas. And 
Philip Charles McKenzie. Inviting you to join us next week for another podcast of Entering Stage Right. <laughs>